I usually do that to fish. Burp right in the microphone. <laughs> Welcome back, inebriate. Uh, I'm Andy, your host, as always. And I've always said that some of my favorite podcasts are when a stranger comes in and a friend leaves. But that's not today because a friend's coming in. Uh, Julianne McLaughlin, we've met. We've been like working together for like about two years, maybe three, or three. I feel like um, you've been uh, uh, at a lot of our events. You're um, a painter and painter instructor. Yes. Um, yes. Here in mass. And you come, you do our, uh, our art shows and we actually, you're, I think your art is your art still in uh, buzzards Bay right now. Yeah. It's still yeah. down in buzzards Bay. It was in three V and then the food court in Plymouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We sold a few out of there. Yeah. You sold them in both locations. Yeah. I just got to get my ass in gear and because I have a list that I'm trying to like coordinate everybody to to swap all that stuff around. It's just it's kind of like that's like half a day just to go from place to place and take stuff down and put stuff up. So is it going to be it's going to be they're going to be going somewhere else then after buzzing? Um, I don't know if we have another location Hmm. for you, but, you know, give it some time off and then we'll put them back in 3D. This okay. is super riveting for everyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who cares about where yeah. your stuff is? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you 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 do beautiful work, um, kind of like abstract impressionistic type ocean. Yes. Stuff. Oceany, landscapey. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I've kind of been looking for the the term how you do that or how yeah. I do that is abstract sort of impressionism um because when I I think when you think of abstract you think of paint colors everywhere or like a Jackson Pollock or you yeah. know that kind of stuff and um it's it's not it's a it's softer it's calmer and it's um mostly oceanscapes I have to I, say I never got into abstract no no it just they're fine, but it's just to me, I don't know. It's just, I think it's not I think my thing. It's yeah. not your thing. And I mean, that's the great thing about art though. Don't you think is like, what's your thing is not somebody else's thing. I, oh, for I, sure. I, you know, I always, I always sort of say to people like, I don't really like seafood and other people do. That's okay. It's like some people like my art and some people don't. I like other people's art. Some other people don't are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I think about that painting. I think it was in a gallery in New York City. It was a, it was a big white canvas and it had a black dot in the middle mm-hmm. and it went for millions, yeah. you know? And I was like, I don't, I don't really understand that. But for somebody that meant that canvas with the black dot in the middle meant something to them. Um, so for that, to that end, I just think like art is so subjective that, you know, what matters to somebody doesn't matter to somebody else. And and that's why I try not to get offended when people say, hey, I could do this at home. <laughs> you know, and to me, it's it's one of those like. At some point, I saw some art and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And so like you'd be like, good. Yeah. Like you should do that. You right. should try to do that and and explore your art style. Um, but yeah, it, it's. art especially when you get into the millions it's i always tell people i'm like you know buy what you like and like the high-end art world is just money laundering (laughs) and um you know like 
uh, was it a couple years ago? Actually, it's more than a couple years ago. Um, Banksy set up in, I think it was Central Park, New York. And it wasn't even him. He, you know, he's anonymous. So had someone do it at a table in Central Park, just with a bunch of Banksy paintings for 50 Mm -hmm. bucks a piece. Oh my God. And I think they sold three. Really? Like one guy bought one. And then I think a woman bought two, but like haggled them down to like 40 bucks a piece or 30 bucks a piece. And like his whole point was, I can put those in any gallery anywhere and sell them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And without my name attached, no one was interested. It So it, it makes you sit there and ponder and think of like, what is the value? Yeah. Um, and to me, this is one of the reasons when I started painting, which was only four years ago, is that I wanted to, uh, to make my paintings affordable because I myself would uh, walk into a gallery and, you know, not that I did that often, but I would occasionally go into a gallery and you'd see something and I'd be like, that's spectacular. I would love to have it. Well, it's $20,000 or $10,000. And I remember thinking, okay, that's cool, but I have three kids I have to put through college. Um, In particular, I remember a a trip that my husband and I had taken to San Francisco and we had walked into a a small gallery down on the wharf and there was a, a, a Salvador Dali sketch. Mm-hmm. And it just struck me. And I just, I loved it. And it was $30,000. And the art gallerist was like, oh, no, you should definitely buy it. It's an investment. And I was like, do you understand? I have, at that time, my kids were like 10, 12, and 14. I'm like, I have to put these kids through college. I have a mortgage. You know, it just was not something that I could ever afford in being realistic. And I thought to myself when I started painting, like, why can't? everybody have a piece of real art that doesn't cost thousands of dollars or even hundreds of dollars. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, So to me, the value of the art is what you see in it. Yeah. That's where where the value comes to for me. And I'm happy to paint it and give it to you or, you know, sell it to you for a reasonable price. And it's, it's an interesting thing because I've seen so many artists who get really angry like when you know not not even that their stuff is expensive but you know you're talking about joe average who isn't in the art world you know the the extent of them buying art is probably like walmart or mm-hmm. target or something and then they ask you like how much is this and you give them you know like 200 bucks or 250 or whatever and they're like oh oh that's so oh, expensive yeah. you know and it's it's just like putting it into perspective it's like they're not an art buyer right Right. And for me, you know, I I think to myself, um, I'm very fortunate because the studio that I'm in is is inexpensive. So my monthly rent is inexpensive. And I paint, um, I should say, uh, financially savvy with my painting materials and not buying a lot of expensive brushes and using a lot of expensive paints. As a matter of fact, when I started painting, I used paint samples that I uh, had hanging around my house from all the times that I repainted the walls. Yeah. From like Home Depot or whatever. Yeah. The little testers. Yeah. Right. The Benjamin Moore, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of thing. And I still use that. I, whenever I go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's, I go right to the, the, the rack that gives the discounts. And I'm like, Oh, what do they got over here? And I've picked up quite a few things. And so I use that. I'll use the dollar paints. 
you know, the craft paint, um, I'll mix it with maybe something that's a little bit more, you know, um, uh, subsistent or what was the word I'm looking for? What's the, (laughs) I don't know. Thicker. You know what I mean? Thicker, more, more, um, we'll do this all day. More more thicker, (laughs) (laughs) more thicker, but I take, you know, I take cheaper paint and I make it work. Um, I, the only thing that I do spend money on is my canvas um, because you can't really, if you buy very inexpensive canvas, it's when you, it just doesn't work as well. So when I'm selling my art, um, I use expensive canvas, but that's just me. But yeah. it's, so that's kind of where I come from now in, in terms of the time and the money and all that kind of thing, you know, I charge a certain amount of money for myself per hour and that's what goes into the painting. So if it takes me five hours, then, you know, you're going to get a painting that's, uh, you know, somewhere in under the $200 range. And, and I think that's one of those things that like a lot of artists have a hard time with in the beginning of like, where should I price Where's, my work? Yeah, yeah. And every, I feel like almost across the board, everyone undercharges. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and well, my youngest is now doing like commissions. Uh, they started like a TikTok channel yeah. And um, they're doing pretty good. They're, they've they've awesome. gotten a bunch of bunch already. And my first question is always, what did you charge? What did you, what charge? Did you charge? Oh, my gosh. That's what my husband always says. <laughs> because I know that they are going to underprice it. Underprice yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did that as well. I, I was, you know, I was actually putting things into frames and selling them for very inexpensive. And I slowly brought my prices up to where I, I feel like that they're at a, a good, comfortable range right now. And again, and I don't, this is not disparaging anybody who charges more or anybody whose stuff is in a gallery for $10,000 or, you know, like I, I'm just saying what works for me. And this is what mm-hmm. I wanted for myself so that I could bring my work to a lot of people. And yeah. that's kind of how it's working for me. But if you're an artist and you're charging, you know, $3,000 a painting, I say, go for it. Like whatever works for you is whatever works for you. That's, this is just where I'm coming from. And it's weird because you can actually underprice yourself out of a sale where someone who maybe is more of an art buyer looks at the pain, be like, Oh, I like this. How much is it? And be like, Oh, it's like 200 bucks. And they'd be like, you know, they're spending like two grand. And then they'll, in their brain, they'll be like, Oh, it's obviously not worth anything. Right. Right now. Yeah. And then to that end, I think, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I've been in business for myself for so many years doing so many different things that I've developed a pretty thick skin when it comes to what people say and think. And they often say and think those things out loud. Out loud. And they're out not loud. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm, I've gotten much, much better at letting it roll off me, but it's still at, you know, when you're at an art show or, or I'm at an art festival, like I do with you guys through an art and people are coming through, you'll get 5,000 or, you know, you get a 500. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. And then you'll get the one person who's like, this stuff looks like it's the stuff in home goods, yeah. you know, and you're like, Oh, you know, like you, you hold on to those kinds of negative things. But again, I've been doing this a long time. Um, I used to teach spin classes and people would complain about the music. You know, you can't make everybody happy. No, no. And and we had a a comedy show just the other night that someone uh, complained about one of the comics. And it's one of those. It was a weird night because it was a snowstorm. So like half the people who bought tickets didn't even show up. And 
so all the comics were like engaging almost everybody in the audience just because it was such a small, weird, awkward situation. And, you know, one of the comics, they're comics. So they said some stuff that they, you know, I'm not even gonna say probably shouldn't say it was just, they said some stuff and the girl's mom happened to be there. And one of them took offense to it. I'm not even sure which one, um, but then, you know, messaged the brewery and made it sound like everybody in the room was angry at this guy. And I'm like, it's not, it's not what happened, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, it's it, and, it be a little thick skinned. Yeah, be a little thick skinned. And you also have to say to yourself, do you know what it's like for that person to get up there and stand up there and, and be, do comedy in front of, you know, 15 people on a snowy Monday night? It takes yeah. a lot. And, it, you know, and that that's the part that sometimes I'm like, you have to kind of remember that is when people and it's very rare that I get a negative comment. But when I do, I'm like, do you know how hard it is to stand out here and do this? It's hard. It's a lot of work to pile everything into your car and drive it down and set up the tent and deal with the weather and all that kind of stuff. I had a friend who said to me, like, when you show people your art, it's almost like opening your underwear drawer. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like this is this is like something that I created Mm -hmm. and you're judging it good or bad. You know, so that thick skin does have to kind of come into play. But I mean, those comments still hurt a little bit. Of course, they do. Whenever I see something or I'm at a comedy show or whatever, you know, I'm like <laughs> making like, woo, and, you know, like really trying to encourage people on. Um, so, yeah, it's it's you're, it, this is a vulnerable type of. I guess, you know, the art world can be very vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. And, th- and that's one of those like I know artists know this, not every you know, again, there's the difference between being involved in the world and and just being a, an average person. but you don't just pick up someone's sketchbook and start thumbing through it. You ask for permission because it's, that's basically like their, their diary, you know, it is very personal. And I've had people be like, Oh, can I look through your sketchbook? And they're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden like, Oh wait, no, you can't look through that one. And you're like, Oh, right, no worries. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I, I, you know, in my older age, I should say, you know, I, I, I just appreciate more of the different, styles and varieties of things that people create, mm-hmm. whether it's music, whether it's comedy, whether it's glass uh, ornaments for your Christmas tree, what, you know, whatever it is, what I I'm like, I may not think that that's for me, but I appreciate what went into that. Yeah. And the fact that you're, you're doing this and, and putting it out there for um, other people to say it, it's, it's hard. It's- that I, I've really taken to the term maker now. I yeah. really like that term because it, it, you know, artists, people be like, oh, I'm an artist. You know, people be like, you're not an artist. You're a crafter or, you mm. know, um, but maker, I think maker suits so many, you know, if you're a chef, you're, you're still making something from nothing. If you're yeah. an author, you're making something from, if you're a musician. Right. Um, and those are the people that we bring on because we're kind of all cut from the same cloth. You know, there's some yeah. variation, but most of us are pretty crazy. We are pretty crazy. Uh, I, I, I just, just kind of talking about you. Oh, well, I am. Pretty crazy. <laughs> I am. And I, you know, like I said, I just, I, I, I hit 52 in 2022. I'll be 53 this year. I'm like the older you get, you know, the less that you just don't care and the filter goes away. And yeah. yeah so 
Um, speaking of that, though, when you talked about like the the title or the idea of artist, I, I couldn't call myself an artist until very recently. I just I couldn't. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, because this was so new to me. It was I never in a hundred million years did I think this is where I would be. Yeah. At this point in my life, because um, the I painted, I, I had a painting class in high school and mm-hmm. that was it you know, and then I went through, I did so many different things. I worked in law enforcement. Um, I was uh, a nutritionist. Uh, you know, I've done so many different jobs. I've had, I was a stay-at-home mom for three kids. And then my, my most recent career was um, holistic nutrition and, and corporate um, health coaching. And then um, my parents, both of my parents got sick and my father in particular with Alzheimer's and we spent a lot of time together and um, he passed away in 2018. And when he died, my father was a, um, he was a watercolorist and he learned mm-hmm. late in life. And so about a year after he died, I just felt like this weird need to start painting something. And that's when I went to my, my uh, stores of, of paint that I had paint samples and I started painting and I, it was very sort of very rudimentary abstract. And I, I put the picture up on Instagram and this woman said, can I buy that? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, so I was like, huh. So I just kept painting more. And from that, now it's pretty much my full-time job. Yeah. And, and that's, that's so similar to an art and how like we do things is it kind of starts off just with a offhanded comment or suggestion or like, Oh, you should do this and be like, all right, let's, let's, why not? Let's give it a try. And then my thing is like, if it's, it's grown to the point now where we're doing less like cold calling and people are contacting us to be part of our events. It's great. But um, yeah. And it's that you have that first person who's like, can I buy that? And you're like, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, I I was floored, absolutely floored. And I think about that almost every day, to be honest with you. I I think about um, that and the fact that I'm I'm doing this. And my mother passed away a year after my dad, about a year and a half after my dad. And so she saw me painting Mm -hmm. and she kept saying to me, where did this come from? How did I not know about this? And I was like, mom, I didn't know either. And I think for me, it was, it's obviously a gift. And, you know, I mean, I believe it's a gift from my father because he, I, we spent so much time together and really developed a wonderful relationship and Alzheimer's is hard. Um, and I feel like that, but I, I also feel like it was given to me now at this time in my life because of everything that had happened with them and, and to help me, you know, it was mm-hmm. to help me some kind of a therapy or whatever, but it has completely changed my life. And when I hear people say, oh, I could never do that. Or I could never, you know, I, I don't have any talent. I'm over here going, you don't know that. (laughs) I find that so frustrating. And I don't think we agree on this because I don't (laughs) find it as a gift or talent. I I consider it a skill, you know? Um, And people be like, oh, I can't draw. And I'll be like, well, how much time have you actually committed to trying to draw? Yep. 
like when was the last time you drew they'd be like oh, i don't know like elementary school and like yeah mm-hmm. i've been doing it for like 40 years right like, draw for 40 years and then tell me you can't draw right it's just people think that one morning you wake up and no and draw the mona lisa no yeah like yeah you draw the mona lisa or you're like chipping away and you're making you know the statue of david it's like yeah. no um the i started off and if you if you if to look at my beginning work, it looks completely different from what I do now. You know, I was literally like splashing paint around and somehow it all kind of come together. And now I'm, I'm doing, you know, much more detailed things and um, I've, I've come a long way and I've done a lot of it through just self-taught and just, you know, going onto YouTube and mostly just playing around with paint. Um, but I, I, yeah, so we disagree on that, but I feel like no matter what it is, whether it's a a gift or whatever, a skill, we, everybody has something. Yeah. I truly believe that. And whether it's, you know, like my brother is this, like, he's so funny. He's such a guy's guy and he bought a drone and he takes the most beautiful drone pictures, Mm -hmm. just unbelievable of um situated marshfield and and up and down um the south shore and plymouth and you know he never knew that he had that he just wanted to go fly his drone so i i feel like you whatever it is that you feel like hmm i've always wanted to try that or do it yeah you may not be awesome at it within the first you know five minutes but if you love it you're going to keep going back to it there's it's something about when you kind of become I'm going to say obsessed because I can't think of a better word, but you know, when you become obsessed with painting or, or drone flying or playing the guitar, like there's always that thing that like somehow connects with the, the creative mentality where you're like, you can't stop thinking about it every, you know, minute of every day you try to like keep improving on it. And, you know, you find the time to do what you want to do. And I think everyone has that, but, it's the matter of not everyone is willing to, you have to be willing to suck really bad, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's that, <laughs> that minute in the beginning where you're like, I'm terrible, but I still enjoy doing this. <laughs> yes. I completely agree. And I mean, I can't tell you how many paintings that I painted. I'm like, this is horrible, you yeah, know, but yeah. I, whatever. I just, we, you know, kind of throw it to the side and move on to the next one. And a valuable piece of advice that my daughter, who's an amazing artist told me is, um, you know, mom, you can just paint over it. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. You're and, right. and that's in from that Joe Schmo perspective also is like, you're only seeing the Mona Lisa. You're not seeing the sketchbooks, you know, day in, day out. Right. And like, I love the thumbing through and one that just, I will always remember, I was trying to draw, you know what a sugar glider is? No, I don't. What's that? Kind of like a Australian squirrel. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I can't remember why, but I was trying to draw a sugar, sugar glider and it was just, I was not, not in the zone that day. And I just like drew an X through it and then just wrote on the page. I sugar suck. And like (laughs) to this day, I still remember doing that. And it was just like, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of those days when you're like, you don't have it. You don't have it. And I mean, I have those days. I call them bad painting days. And um, and that's this is all part of the human condition. And and I guess my work in, in holistic health has sort of 
maybe prepped me for this a little bit because I, I look at um, that creative part in all of us is the, the sort of nutrition for your soul. And, um, you know, it's not always perfect. It's not always great, but it feeds you and it, it does what it's supposed to do in terms of helping you be a happy and ish, happy ish, whole healthy human being. Uh, and I personally feel like that we've moved away from this with our very technologically focused society, that the simple fact of picking up a piece of paper and a pencil and drawing a sugar glider or whatever it may be, and even laughing and poking fun at yourself saying, I suck, you know, yeah. is, is really important in terms of, you know, character development and, and just, again, feeding that part of your soul that is important to uh, mental uh, wellness. And I'll, I'll agree. Um, I, I can't necessarily agree with the technical technological part. Cause I see so many people using iPads and stuff. True. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people, whether they know it or not, experienced it during COVID. Yeah. You know, and, and that the therapeutic part of making, like how many people were making sourdough bread? And I had friends that turned, actually didn't even turn their shed. They built a shed and turned it into a bar, mm-hmm. you know, and it's that process of making and doing it yourself and seeing that, that final product that you can both really like and still nitpick apart. Sure. But you're yeah. still kind of like, well, I, you know, I, I did that. That's mine. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, like for whether it's building a shed or, or writing or, or using your iPad, which I'm not saying like technology in general, I'm just saying, like, I feel like the old, no, I kind of, I knew what you meant. I was just giving you, you know what I mean? <laughs> the old ways of like, you know what I mean? Like people were, back in my oh, day, <laughs> back in my day, but like, you know, the things like quilting and just a lot, some of these things were considered lost arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm seeing them come back. And to me, that's great because we never want to lose that. We don't want to lose that as human beings. Um, I, I just think it's critical. The iPad, all those things are awesome. I think they are. Um, I love, I'd like to learn possibly doing like digital printmaking yeah. or pattern making that always looks sort of interesting to me. And these are things that, you know, or I, I always thought welding would be cool. Yeah. You know, to learn Mac- how to weld. Macrame is back macrame is back and like again like, these are things everyone's doing it i just look at it and go because <laughs> like it just reminds me of the crap my mom used to buy laying around the house like the macrame owl with sitting on the little branch oh on the bridge yeah, yeah you know? but you know what though these are the things the painting the all of this stuff has been around for thousands of years and as somebody who's in the health coach community or whatever i always think like what's the evolutionary process like what is the reason why that we should be doing these things you know and i think well we did the we did these things because it was out of necessity but also mm-hmm. because again we needed that creative spirit where you can say hey i made that and it made us feel good against all the other sort of stresses and crap that come along in your life it's really interesting that you pointed out that way cuz like I mean, how many times like you'll be talking on the phone or in a you know Zoom meeting or whatever? And you're not focused, and you're just like doodling, drawing little hearts or flowers or stars or you know whatever, nothing. But it's just that idea of doing something to keep your brain even slightly engaged. And you know, I wonder if there were 
you know, doodlers sitting around the prehistoric campfire, just drawing in the, in the dirt. And, you know, I think there were, um, yeah, they definitely were. I mean, uh, many, many moons ago, my husband and I went to Australia for our honeymoon yeah. and we went to Ayers Rock, which is, you know, Google Ayers Rock. And there's all kinds of drawings around the bottom mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. some of them do just look like doodly doos. You know what I mean? So as long as human beings have been on this earth, we have been creating. Yeah. And we have been creating for a reason. And I, I wonder how many of those drawings, you know, if you could talk to the person that did them and you'd be like, oh, is it a, you know, a fertility thing? Or you know, be like, no, my wife was talking to me and I just didn't want to pay attention. So I, I drew a cow, you know? I mean, right. You know, yeah. I mean, it, we don't know. I mean, was it storytelling or was it like my wife is annoying me? So I drew a cow and, yeah. you know, you're sitting on your Zoom call or I was on a Zoom call yesterday and I was drawing little hearts, same thing, yeah, literally yeah. little hearts and things like that. And for me, what I feel like for me, it's, it's sort of, um, it's a de-stressor for me is, is to, you know, when you doodle and things like that, for me, it's like, oh, I'm just kind of de-stressing and yeah. It makes it's weird. Sense. Like yeah. in zoom calls and in conference calls, I found if I wasn't doodling, I wasn't paying attention at all. Oh, that's interesting. Like it somehow yeah. would keep me occupied enough where I could, you know, cause I, it's not, I'm not actively thinking about what I'm drawing. I'm just kind of doodling. Just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it just keeps my brain distracted enough that I can focus on the, you know, it's a conference call. It's the worst right. shit you want to hear. So. <laughs> it's not titillating and exciting. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, the numbers this month. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, art, what arts, baking, you know, drone flying, welding, you know, what drawing, whatever it is, is I truly believe in my heart of hearts is nutrition for the soul. And um, you may not be the best in the world at it. You may not be, you know, the Mona Lisa, which I actually saw in person and is not that great. It's really small, isn't it? It's really small. And I was kind of like, this is it really there. I, to be honest, when we went into the Louvre, there were paintings in there that would knock your socks off in terms of just the most amazing things. And I'm like, everybody's crowding around the Mona Lisa, whatever. That was my opinion. But um, you know, you're not, you, you may not do that and that's okay because yeah. it, it's when you create, you don't have to do it for everyone else. You can do it just for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I, we have the the figure drawing group all the time and people are like, Oh, you know, I'm not that good. I'm like, it's not about being good. Like 90% of what I draw, the figure drawing group just sits in a sketchbook and no one will ever see, Yeah, you know, it's practice and it's having fun and it's just getting out and being social with something that's really not a social drawing. is not a social thing. You know, well, but, well, I mean, I, you don't necessarily, I feel like with social being social, it doesn't mean you always have to be talking to people. Yeah. It's yeah. just because you're in the mere presence of other hu- human beings who are doing a like-minded activity yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a level of social communication in a different way. Right. And uh, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of like, I, I know friends um, that work professionally in the art world and, you know, he's like, I joined a gym and I'm like, cool. He's like, so I can see other people, Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause he spent so much yeah. time just like in his office creating. It's super. I mean, when I go to my studio, I mean, I, I'm in a building in Rockland 
yeah. where there's over a hundred artists in the building. And I, you know, I see people, I've been going there for three years now and I've chats with people and then I go in and I shut the door and it's just me. Now I personally like that. I like the silence. I don't listen to music very often or podcasts. I just, it's just silent. Uh, that, that works for me, but it, that would it drive me crazy. See, it's, it's so funny how everybody's so yeah. different, but you know, I'm in such a zone that I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but when I go to events, like when we do, we you know I do like um, art on the green, I mm-hmm. come home and I'm like, oh my God, that's too many people like talking. <laughs> I'm like exhausted from it all. But art can be isolating. It can mm-hmm. be for sure. Uh, so I think it just kind of depends on who you are and what, what you like. And, and that's okay. You know, if you like to be not talk to anybody, that's fine too yeah yeah and it's and again it it, i think people really need to consider what their end game is with art you know like if you're if you want to be a professional artist and and selling work you're gonna have to learn to talk to people like that's part for sure but if you're just creating for yourself then like it doesn't matter just like you know get a sketchbook let sketchbooks pile up i have tons of them Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while I, you go through them and, and look and be like, oh, this was better than I thought. Or like, yes, I, I, I used to like this one. Oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah, I do that all the time. I'll be in my studio and I'm like, start looking around at the paintings on the wall. Then I'm like over there, like changing them or messing around with them. There is, I think, sometimes like spending too much time alone, maybe <laughs> getting other people's perspective. But um, I agree for sure. It's it's yeah, I agree. It's I I when you're saying that I realize when I do that is almost always when I start dating someone new. Yeah. And like for a little bit, and then you start talking about like, Oh, you know, I want to see some of your drawings. You'd be like, well, I have these sketchbooks. And then they want to go through all of the sketchbooks. It's the underwear drawer. Yeah, and and the then you're kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a weird experience. Cause then every once in a while they'll like flip me like, what's this about? You'd be like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it's because you feel like you're being judged one yeah. way or the other. Like, wow, you're thinking, are they thinking, wow, he really sucks or, you know, or, or he's weird or, or, you know, whatever it is. It's a judgment. Well, they, they're both right. <laughs> <laughs> both of those, both of those judgments no, are accurate. that's not true. But I, I, I mean, so I, I think it's okay to say like, no, thank you. I mean. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that far ahead. I'm like, yeah, no. sure, whatever. And then like, you're like, Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm a pretty open book, but people have said to me, can I just like come to your studio? And like, I'm like, no, you need to let me know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I'm like, just, I, I'd be happy to set up an appointment or whatever, but like, generally it's because it's my sacred quiet time. And my, I, I if I'm painting, I'm not talking. Right. And, and it's like, and, you kind of have that time scheduled out to create, to create and, and, yeah. And you, you want to hang out and talk or you have a glass of wine. Let's do that. That's separate. let's do that for sure. Um, and I am so, oh my gosh, I, I can't even tell you how grateful I am to, to be doing this. And I've, I've sold almost over 350 paintings Damn. in four years. Um, now they're all inexpensive. So, yeah, but still, I mean, that's, so that's I pro- you know, having 350 paintings, in four years, that's really prolific. Yeah. I mean, so not all of them were, you know, I've sold 20, you know, 48 by 48s 
all the way down to little tiny 12 by 12s, you know? Yeah, so I can't remember it, what the size of the one at Buzzards Bay. Like, I think a it's big, a 20 by 20. Yeah. I, I can't Is there a big, those, there might be a 24 by There's 20. a big one down there that I'm like, yeah. all right, she can't send these anymore because it just barely fits in my car. <laughs> no more of those big ones. Yeah. Like, That's too big. But, you know, I just think to myself, I don't know why this has happened and why I'm doing this, but I love it. And I'm super grateful for it. And I, I, you know, I want that for other people. I want mm-hmm. other people not to have a studio and, you know, and be able to paint and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I still do holistic health and nutrition. This is not my, you know, I can do this mostly full-time, but I still have to supplement with other income. Um, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's, there's something for everybody. I don't know what that is, but there is yeah. something for everybody and you don't have to make it your job. You, you can just do it because you like to. Right. And I think a lot of people are better off not making it their job and lose interest sure. when they're like, oh, I'm going to you know, turn this into a little side hustle. And then they're like, oh, this thing that used to be fun is work now. And it, it, it into that end, that is true. And th- I think the hardest part for me is, is the work part of it, which is mm-hmm. the social media and doing the, you know, I just started a YouTube channel where I'm doing little videos, um, all of those different things. It's work and I yeah, don't it love it. I love to paint. But, you know, if I want people to buy the paintings and know about me, unfortunately, you have to do that other part of it, which can be a real pain in the ass. And that's the thing. I have so many people now that'd be like, oh, what kind of art do you do? And I'm like, honestly, I rarely do anything now. I'm like, I'm so busy. You're so busy. Yeah. I'm like, I I never said I was the best artist, but clearly I'm the most organized. So because I'm the one that, you know, puts together the shows and promotes them. And I'm like, that's fine. Because I I do enjoy that part. But sometimes you're just like, just kind of hanging out and just drawing, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot, lot of work. Um, and you have to be willing to, like you're doing, is to push that aside a little bit mm-hmm. in order for the, you know, the larger um, thing to to happen, which is for inebriate to grow and and you know for it to be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna be up in Maine. What? Like when are you moving? <laughs> um, we are moving. Probably uh, we're hoping for September, October of this year. Damn, yeah. that's soon. Yeah, we're putting we're starting building in April. And um yeah, so I'll be sad to move to Maine, but you know, it, I mean not sad. I'm happy, up there. There. Yeah. I'm happy to move to Maine, but I'll be sad to leave my friends and stuff around here. But it's a new chapter and uh hopefully people will buy paintings in Maine. <laughs> and, yeah, but probably of like bears and barns. And- oh, bears and moose and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would be happy to take an Ebriard into Maine. And uh, uh, I'm already planning you are. OK, um, good. I didn't ask if you were happy. I'm going to need I'm going to need <laughs> supplemental income. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be right. Yeah, I mean, sure. you don't mind hanging up breweries, right? No, I mean, I do anyway. <laughs> His name is Mike McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I got to say, it, it's I was talking with someone the other day and it's it's become like this weird um life where i'm like you know that we deal with so many vendors now that i have to actively kind of keep distant a little bit because i'm like i can't be everyone's friend you know um but i'm glad you kind of snuck in under that bar because like we're friends (laughs) 
because you you were before I made that decision. Now I'm kind of like, all right, I can't yeah, play you favorites. And fish are like my buds, and I I have that way though, Andy. You know, I, I well, we're like minded people, you know, like we are like minded you know, people. As soon as you showed up and Mike showed up, I'm like, all right, these these two, yeah, these, they're a good fit. Yeah. They're they're good, they're good peeps. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I'm so happy that I I slid in before the rule went. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a rule, it's just like just it's a lot, it's a lot of people, and you know, it's just trying to keep a professional air about things yeah because i mean this is a professional a professional um thing i mean this is it's for very yeah i mean it's it's fun and lighthearted and exciting and creative and all that kind of stuff but it's still it's still a professional yeah i don't don't need everybody knowing my business no i just come on a podcast and tell talk about it same yeah you know whatever um where can people go to find your work Okay, so um, you can come to my studio, but just let me know. <laughs> yeah, in advance. So are you at the st- Sandpaper Factory? Is that no? I am in the ET Wright Building. Okay. Um, it was an old shoe factory in Rockland. The building is right across from Mary Lou's. It's on mm-hmm. Liberty Street, three seventy nine Liberty Street. So my studio is there, and I'm there just about every day, um, usually five six days a week. And they do like it's open studios home. and stuff there too, right? They do. We we usually yeah. have it's in the um it's the weekend before Christmas. I mean before uh, Thanksgiving, excuse me. That's the holiday big push. Mm-hmm. And then we have another one in the spring. I don't know when that's going to be this year. Oh, I'm not sure. I'll have to uh, inquire about that. Um I do a variety of different art festivals. I'm doing Cohasset on the Common in June. I'll be doing I think I'm doing one, one or two with you. One that's coming up. I'm not sure where. I forget. Where. Oh. <laughs> I forget. And then um, work. I'm kind of waiting to see how the rest of the summer goes. So a few over the summer. And then, of course, my website, which is julianmclaughlinfineart.com. And then my Facebook, which is the same, Julianne McLaughlin Fine Art. Fine and abstract art. So, and your yeah. YouTube channel? You said you have a YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel. Yep. It's the same thing, Julianne McLaughlin Fine Art. And then I'm on Instagram as well. So I'm, I'm on all the socials and um, the YouTube thing is, is I'm just want people to kind of be able to get that creative spark yeah. and not be intimidated by painting. Cause oftentimes not often, but sometimes you go into YouTube and it says it's a beginner level. And it's like, uh, that's not a beginner, you know, they're painting like, you know, really intricate things. So I'm really trying to do beginner type yeah. um, artwork. So, yeah. So they've got that going too. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk. Oh, this was awesome. So much fun. I really appreciate it. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you. I know it's been a while. Well, it's winter. We don't come out in the winter. Yeah. (laughs) I do. I got shit to do today. You got shit to do. But thanks again. And thanks to our listeners. We'll see you guys again next week. Take care. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.